The material provided today is for informational purposes only. It should not be considered legal or financial advice. Consult with a financial professional for your own needs. Johnny, Sestina, and company disclaims any and all liability for the interpretation and use of the content provided today. I need help getting out of my student loan I'm debt. so worried. How am I going to afford taking care of my When's parents? When's a good time to get into the market? I'm really not sure when I should start taking my Social Security. I wonder if I have enough insurance. I wonder when I can retire. It's time to talk about your money. Managing to be wealthy. Our team of fee-only financial planners is ready to help you to create better financial habits. Envision your long-term goals and understand money management better than ever. Our resident hosts of Johnny, Sestina, and Company are on deck to show you the way. Hello and welcome to Managing to be Wealthy, your weekly financial planning radio show. This is your host, Cole Hammock, certified financial planner. With me in the studio today is fellow certified financial planner, Stephen Lucan. How are we doing, Stephen? Good. Other side of the mic, Cole. It's it's weird over here. Nice to see you as a host. I, I'm standing instead of sitting. There's a lot more pressure. It sure is. <laughs> and uh, joining us today, a man that needs no introduction, but I'll give him one anyway. John Sestina, how are we doing? I'm doing fine. I'm just holding my breath while all the changes are happening around us. <laughs> well, don't hold it too long. I'm worried well, about well, you. Well, you know. <laughs> yeah, take some breath. I will. I'm breathing rather quickly. All right, good. <laughs> is that the, the stairs? No, it's not no, the stairs. Not the stairs. <laughs> All right. Well, the summer is finally shifting into fall, and save for this week, things have been getting cooler. Nights have been getting here earlier, and what that means is not only is Halloween right around the corner, but kids are getting back to school. So we'll be discussing some consideration for the parents putting their kids through school as well as for those kids, now adults, getting ready for college. But before getting into that, uh, Stephen had suggested this before we get started here, and I thought it was interesting. We'll pose it to you, John, since you weren't in the room yet. Uh, if you had to have a last meal, what would that be? And I, I'm not implying anything. You're going to live for a good long time, but... Uh-oh, looks like they're hanging me out to dry. I see that. <laughs> I, I can read the writing on the wall. Last meal? Yeah. Holy mackerel. I don't have any idea. I don't care. Hot dog. West Virginia hot dog. There you go, West Virginia What's, hot dog. I don't know what that means. Oh, my Lord, you are so undereducated. <laughs> it's just covered in like coal dust. I don't know. It's, okay. it's a West Virginia. You need to go to West Virginia to get it. My uncle used to own a little restaurant in Clarksburg and he made West Virginia hot dogs and they were the best in the world. You're going to have to give me a little bit more. What's how's that differentiate well, from just a plain old hot dog? Well, if I, I explain it, you're going to think it's a Coney Island something or other, but they stole the idea. It's nothing like it. Okay. But it does have raw onions and it has. Mustard, mustard and ketchup, and it has, uh, of course, a hot dog and a bun, and mm-hmm. that kind of thing, and a sauce that is that is a like kind of like a meat sauce, but not heavy with meat. Yeah. It has a little bit of kick to it. So a gravy. Gravy. That's a gravy. Uh-oh. It's not gravy. Okay, all right. <laughs> this is not Italian. <laughs> this is Slovak here. All right. <laughs> Hey, whatever works for you, John. There you go, but, West but, Virginia hot dogs. Hey, we'll ask Stephen, too, so you don't feel like you're being attacked. Oh, good. Stephen, what would yours be? Uh, probably roasted pork. I know. Yeah, with some sauerkraut, dumplings, gravy, lots of gravy. That's very German some of green you. green beans, that's it. Yeah. Oktoberfest is here. So. That sounds good. Yes. Um, you? I'm a simple man with simple pleasures. Probably just a, a steak, potatoes, call it a day. Nice. What kind yeah. of steak, though? Uh, ooh, good question. Um, probably a New York strip. There you go. N- nothing too, nothing too fancy. That's the best. Yeah. If you're going to have steak, enough. that's the one. That's it. Uh, medium rare, of course. Of course. Yes. Oh, yes. Yeah, so naturally. Yes. yes, there you go. <laughs> um, but before getting into the, the primary focus today, uh, we wanted to talk for a minute 
on what's likely on a lot of people's minds right now. I know, John, you've been thinking about it, but taxes. The House Ways and Means Committee on Monday has proposed a number of tax changes in an effort to help pay for Biden's infrastructure bill. And, uh, John, have you had a chance to go through that? Oh, <laughs> shuddering, because I did read it, not only here, but uh, many other places. And I've heard uh, some intelligent tax leaders talk about it mm-hmm. you know, that, uh, that, are, uh, that have written tax bills in the past. And actually, it's pretty frightening. Yeah. So I'm concerned because the little guy who thinks no taxes are coming below 400000 a year are in for the shock of their lives. So, so go ahead. I was going to say, so when you say that, I know a lot of it's pitched at the, the $400,000 plus. It's going to raise your, your income taxes, maybe your capital gains taxes. But what do you think is going to trickle down to the, the, the middle class family? Well, the first thing that's coming is inflation. And they're already experiencing that. Yep. And that's by far the worst tax of any kind of tax. And that's hitting the little guy right between the eyes. So that's the big one. And then there's a lot of like the gasoline tax things are going up. And then there's the parts of the bill, for example, uh, uh, what is it, amnesty for all the illegal aliens is in this bill. Yeah, I saw that. I mean, I, I don't know what that has to do with uh, infrastructure. infrastructure, but that's in there. And then there's a lot of little ones like they're going to tax natural gas. Stephen, you said they're going to tax tobacco. Yep. And uh, they want to raise that, so... I guess I'll have to give up my cigars. There you go. I haven't had one in four years, but I'm going to have to give them up. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe start hoarding now before they yeah, get Yeah, I better do that. So so you're basically saying that eventually somebody pays for it, whether it's through direct taxation or just through, like you said, the price of inflation. And direct taxes. They're going to pay extra taxes. because And the cost of everything are going to go up. As corporations, because they want to raise the rate on corporations, Yep. as they do that, Corporations do not pay taxes. I've said it for 50 years, but apparently no one's listening. And uh, because all they do is they just raise their prices. So that's how they pay taxes. Yep. So that's kind of a false leader there. Uh, there's going to be health care changes, and there's going to be lots of other costs yep. that if you can read that 10,000-page document, you'd be able to see them. Fortunately for me, I can't read, so I just kind of <laughs> let what happens happen. And I'm the one with bad way. eyes. Come on, <laughs> <laughs> they didn't teach us a nurk. No, but what I yeah, found what I found interesting what was not in the proposal, and over the last four years we've heard a lot about the salt deduction, the state yeah. local income tax deduction, and how a lot of people are crying foul. That's not fair. You limit that deduction, but it's not in the proposal to re- to reverse it. No, but it is to amend it. But they, there's not, there's no legislation to saying they're going to get rid of it. No, they're just going to amend it for their buddies in New York and California. Wait till it's done, though. Well, it'll yeah. happen. Yeah. yeah. So there's that one. I know another one that's been kicked around, and fortunately, didn't see that one either. Is the step up in basis? Oh, I hate that one. I know. I know. I know, Stephen. You've brought that one up a lot. What would that mean? Well, that means that people, when they they die. Uh, losing that step up in tax basis is significant because that means your heirs are going to be paying taxes before they receive the asset, um, and it may re- require liquidation. Now, there's a lot of rhetoric being uh, spread about farms, right? Um, yeah. And now all of a sudden, oh, well, farms will be exempt. Okay, fine. What about people who live in high real estate 
value areas such as New York City where price per square foot is maybe $1,500 or $1,200 a square foot, you're talking two, $3 million small apartments, right? And somebody inherits that. They have to pay taxes, taxes on it prior to sale uh, or come up with the taxes. So the step up in basis is a significant um, impact on taxation. Just to be clear, you're talking about taxing. This tax is going to apply to your house, to your residence. Correct. Yep. So that's a new one. Yeah, it is new. Correct. Yeah. And that means everyone, no matter how cheap your house is, this tax is going to kick in and you're going to have to pay this capital gain tax, which is now being raised to. 25%. Oh, right. Yeah. 25 percent. 25 percent. Yeah. Yeah. Plus the three and a half, three point eight Medicare tax. Mm -hmm. So now we're up to 28 percent and whatever other popcorn they can sell you. <laughs> right. And that's not not just about houses, right? We talked about in prior shows, small businesses Everything. as well. Right. Small businesses yeah. are going to kill them. Yeah. yeah. So a, a lot to be hit. We'll see what direction things go. I mean, there's still a lot of time, a lot of room for negotiation before anything ultimately makes its way through the Senate. But We have to root for West Virginia. <laughs> <laughs> They're holding strong. They are. He's yeah. a good guy so far. Yeah. Uh, you don't see a lot of moderates in Congress anymore. No. No. <laughs> but... Uh, yeah, I'm sure a lot of things will get hammered out, but we're coming up on our first break. When we come back, we'll get into back to school plans. You're listening to Managing to Be Wealthy on News Radio 610. WTBN. You're listening to Managing to Be Wealthy with fee only financial planners of Johnny, Sestina, and Company. If you're looking for the latest stock tip or how to time the market, you've come to the wrong place. If you want help navigating all the moving pieces of what makes a financial plan successful, tune in and take notes. Welcome back to Managing to be Wealthy, your weekly financial planning radio show. This is your host, Cole Hammock. We were just talking about the recent tax proposals, which we'll no doubt continue to discuss as we approach the end of the year. But uh, we're getting into back-to-school plans, so who's ready to go back? Well, the kids are. <laughs> are they? <laughs> well, I don't know, but they, they are back. <laughs> well, some are. They would like, but uh, they can't get school buses to take them. Well, that's a good point. So yeah. they're bringing, well, someone is bringing out the National Guard. I forget what state that is. Oh, Boston. To help, to help yep. bust the kids. Yep, bust the kids. I hadn't yep. heard that one. Yeah, so you got to keep up with this stuff. Uh, it's, it's, it's a big world. Just because you have dogs work, and no kids. He has work during the day. <laughs> That's right, right. <laughs> um, but one thing I was surprised to, to hear, just going, getting back to school, and this probably isn't something to do this year since most people are already back and at it, but private school education. Uh, so just with the, the coronavirus, everything going on, Private schools are actually getting more and more popular. Have you guys heard that? Yes, I, I've talked to people who have made the switch. Yeah, what, yeah. what was their reasoning? Just they, they, the family burden of and the emotional burden of COVID and having to learn from home, mm -hmm. it, it took was too much stress on the family. But for the parents who may be working, uh, the kids who might have. Um, the the what was put into place is a system that it didn't matter what the the kids environment needed to be this is how you're going to learn and right. some of the, yeah. the kids were not equipped uh to learn just sitting in front of a computer all day from the uh attention span uh it was a forced education and it was it was a lot of stress to the family so they decided this year to switch uh their one kid to private school from an education standpoint to look for better learning yeah well, no. we did that with Allison. She went to Montessori. Mm -hmm. Best decision we ever made. I've actually heard a lot of great things about yeah. Montessori. Yeah. Is they teach you in a way or educate you in a way that caters more to you? Is that right? That, or, well, yes, correct. It's more free flowing. Yeah. In which I was a bit 
a bit concerned about when I first heard about it. Yeah. So I went to observe, believe it or not, you could go observe the classes, uh, unlike some public schools these days. Right. And so you go observe and see how she flourished in that environment because her mind was very quick and she'd go to more than one topic at a time and didn't need to be limited for an hour into one subject. That's great. Or pretend subject. <laughs> <laughs> I hear you. Uh, but talking private school, I know one of the big concerns is, is cost, right? Uh, so the, the average overall cost of tuition at independent schools, so private schools across all grades, uh, came in at $26,866,000. That's the cost of a school? 26866 yeah, $26, yep. a year. So most people cannot afford that. Most people cannot afford that. So therefore, the the thing rattling around now is that the money for the school should follow the child, not the school. That you would mean eliminate. the tax dollars? Yeah. Yeah. That would eliminate some of this pressure. It also help with the, what's going on with the teachers' unions and such, because now they'd be in competition. The free market. Yeah, there'd be a free yeah. market. Which that's kind of the foundation of our country, isn't it? I know you like it. I like it. <laughs> uh oh, I'm being okay. Never mind. <laughs> but no, I mean that's that, that's a great point though, because at this point, schools are in a position where they can set the price what they want to set the price, right? And there, there's no ifs ands buts about it. But at least what we're seeing right now is there's a lot of opportunities for financial aid for private school, and maybe more so now through the COVID times than what there had been previously. So if it's been something that you've thought about, it might be more approachable now than what it was in the past. Right, and they even do have scholarship programs kind of things for tuition yep. breaks. Um, there are options for the private schools, but I do the tying of the uh, property taxes to the school districts, it, it is a unique uh, situation, right? Because the higher rated school districts coincide with higher property taxes absolutely right because yeah. of that supply and demand right mm -hmm. the demand is there so i just think is that the correlation is interesting and john i had not heard about um where the tax dollars follow the kid not the school i thought that's an interest that's interesting i'd never heard that before today really yeah serious yeah that's a, yeah. getting to be popular among some parents out there and people who are studying the issue because it's not making sense the way it is now mm-hmm so, you know, when you look at your property taxes and the portion that goes for education, I mean, I, I'm, mine is in the five digits. Mm -hmm. And so I would like to see that go to some child somewhere where they can really learn, not just be forced by your zip code where you have to go. Yeah, yeah that's a great point. Uh, but getting into some of the benefits of private schools. So again, if, if we're thinking about it, what's the, the benefit of really doing that or really what options are there? Because there's a lot of options, right? It's not just a, a one-size-fits-all private school. Uh, so the, the first thing is th there's your for-profit versus your non-profit right. schools. Uh, so if you had to choose, Stephen, which, which do you think you'd lean towards? Well, depends what kind no of pressure. profit they're looking at, right? So I, I, would like <laughs> yes. I would like transparency. If I was a parent sending my kid to a private school, I would like to see the fun um, selfishly, I would like to be able to see the financial statements. That, that's a great answer. I do not know if that transparency exists, though. Probably yeah. not. <laughs> no, not certainly not with the public school system. No. There's, there's no knowledge of that at all. Right. right. So to that point, though, if you're going to choose money's an issue or a concern, there's nonprofit organizations will be a little bit more cost-effective for you. Yeah, there are a lot of churches, for example. When I was very young, I went to a Catholic school, 
uh, grade school and received a great education from the nuns and then continued I'm sure that. they treated you well, John. Yeah, right. They <laughs> chased the, the brooms ruler. at me. The ruler <laughs> smashed my knuckles. <laughs> those are just not stories. That was no, reality. I love yeah, right. those nuns, and they kept beating me. So what am I going to say? <laughs> but yeah, there's the, the religious schools, certainly, and then there's the, the more secular-based ones. So you have options there. Uh, then there's the, the boarding schools versus the day schools. Uh, you, you always kind of hear of boarding schools, but I didn't realize that day school was an option. I, I can't imagine being in school seven days a week. I, it, it depends what kind of activities centered around it. I right? don't think there's any depends for me. That would be horrific. Right. right. Well, no, but if, if you're Saturday and Sundays might be a little bit more or even during the week, you have a little bit more activity based yeah. sports, entertainment, right? Music, arts. I guess. Kinds. It could be. <laughs> I have no pride to be honest with you. I, as a kid, I never hated the idea, but yeah. I think going to school seven days a week would create more stability for children. Uh, if that's the focus. Right. That, that makes sense. I, that's the way yeah. I look at it. I don't think the kids would be in favor of it. <laughs> <laughs> I certainly wasn't as a kid, but yeah. now as I got old, get older, I think it would have a little bit more of a grounding effect for, for young young Americans. It's right. funny how that happens, isn't it? Once right. you hit a certain oh, age. sure. Yeah. Kids these days. Right. <laughs> well, my lawn, with, Cole. I, I agree with it too, Stephen. And today we know that a lot of the kids... <clears throat> have lots of free time yeah. when they're at school. So that means that they could crowd a little more in there if they were seven days. Yeah. But it should come at no surprise being there five days a week, being there seven days a week, it's not going to be cheap. Right? There's going to be a pretty big price tag associated with that. And going beyond that still, specialty schools. So, John, you brought up the Montessori schools. Uh, there's also the, the Waldorf schools, so nonprofit schools that incorporate the arts and all subjects. There's a lot of different options to really cater to what your child needs. And, right. and unfortunately, you even see it centered around sports, right? Whether it's a football school, golf yeah, school, right. right? They have private schools for that as well. I don't necessarily think that's the greatest unless the track record is there for education. Education, in my mind, should always be the priority. Amen. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, so, again, it's... Hard to hard to approach thinking about the costs, but if you focus on the the, the benefits, some of the the scholarships, tuition that may be available, reimbursement for you, it might be a little bit more approachable than you thought. So, uh, give it a consideration, and if not, just look into look into the public schools. There are a lot of great resources uh, that rate public school education, and if we're thinking about having a family, starting a family, or going to school, then. Make sure you're moving into that place that, that feels right for your family. No doubt. Yeah. So we're coming up on another break here. You've been listening to Managing to Be Wealthy on News Radio 610 WTVN. Welcome back to Managing to Be Wealthy, your weekly financial planning radio show. This is your host, Cole Hammock. If you'd like to learn a little bit more about Managing to Be Wealthy and Johnny, Sustain and Company, you can contact us at 614-326-3077 or visit us on the web at managingtobewealthy.com. If you'd like a consultation with one of our planners, we'll ask that you fill out a brief questionnaire, set up a time to meet with you, and go from there. And as we're coming up on the... Uh, and it's complimentary, right? Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. That's a great point. Um, but uh, when we closed off our last segment, we are talking about private school and I just had another thought before transitioning into college. 
And what was that, Stephen? Well, the big thing is look at the curriculum, right? And maybe maybe there's opportunity there to get advanced credits, AP credits for college in your high school years. And I think that would help uh, accelerate the years of college, maybe save costs, and maybe graduate early versus spending four years uh, for a uh, college degree. That's so a great I, point. Yeah, so understand the curriculum, and, and maybe you can get a head start on college. Yeah, I know those are getting more and more popular, so definitely take advantage of that when and where you can. And I think the students are more involved in that kind of thinking these days. Yes. I mean, even 20 years ago when Allison went, she was you know, being counseled by counselors and do this and do that and received several, uh, what, it, what I guess, scholarships right. from uh, several universities. Yeah. Yep. And and the, and that is again, you know, we talk about the cost of college, which we'll start talking about here Ooh, in this segment, yeah. right? Yep. That could get you a head start and maybe save you some money there. Yep, definitely. So to that point, it's never too early, right? Most people don't think about college until the kid's sixteen, until the kid's seventeen. But uh, experts show that you should really start thinking as soon as age eleven. So wow. we're hardly in the middle school. Yeah. Why? Because there's a lot of things that you can start doing. And, and part of that, from the parent's perspective, is make sure you're adjusting and staying on top of your college saving strategy. Well, why force the kid to go to college? Well, that's, that's a fair rebuttal. <laughs> it's a fair rebuttal and certainly something that we, we have on the agenda here. But college isn't for everybody. Well, there's more point. and more schools. In fact, I saw in the news this morning, a high school, I forget exactly where it was, uh, now has a, uh, back when I went to school, it was shop. Yeah. Okay. But now they're going in and they're, it's a structured uh, program. And these kids, kids are coming out with talents and skills and serving apprenticeships and making a lot of money when they come out, even in the beginning. I think some of them, as they start, make over 25 bucks an hour. And many college students don't make that much. Right. And after a few years, they're making like 75, 80,000 bucks a year. Not bad. Not and bad at all. Generally I, not saddled with debt. No debt, finished up. And a skill to, to, to boot, right? And that's right. When, when my high school I went to, they had a really good Votech, vocational technical school, where the kids, they built cars. They built cool. uh, they built the dugouts for our baseball team. I mean, they were, they were doing skilled trades. And after high school, and I knew a number of them that had their own construction business, and they right. were not even 21 years old yet, and they were making good money in their teenage years because they had that skill set. And I think that's that's an important piece that is uh, losing ground in this country. You bet. You know. Yeah, that, that's a great point because just thinking back to, to my education. So I graduated high school in 2010 and outside of financial planning, which I picked up after college because that was uh, corporate based, the education through OSU. I can't think of any practical skill that I have. Computer. I mean, I, I mean that, that's no, fair. I appreciate. Games. No, 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 no. He plays the games. Right? It did help me learn how to type. But I did. Ha I, I mean, I say that because I knew I was a good. Uh, even I was in the age of learning computers with Microsoft yeah. and stuff like that. So I did come out with skill set in Excel, Microsoft. You know, back then it was Lotus One Two Three, but right, it was new. It was a new tech. Uh, yeah. You know, technology, and I was skilled in that. But that might be it. Well, is, suddenly, is, I feel a little bit better about. There myself. you go. I make you feel good. I was like, I can't. I can't, I can't build a car. I can't do that. I can't build a car. I can check well, the oil, but that's about not, it. Not anymore. Who can? You need computers and <laughs> All right, special yeah. AI skills and so forth. So, uh, But uh, for those that maybe are adamant toward college or considering college, at 11 to 15, it's probably the time to start thinking about adjusting your college saving strategy. 
So you may have been contributing to the, the state-based 529 plan, or you may have been contributing to an out-of-state 529 plan that's a little bit less expensive, and we'll get into that, what that means here shortly. But uh, if you were going out-of-state, you might consider an in-state 529 plan for the last few years if there's a state tax deduction available. Certainly, right? That's that's the best savings vehicle for uh even pre-college school, K through yeah, 12, now you can pay for it. But you get a small state income tax deduction in some states, but the benefit is the tax-free growth, right? Yeah. It's the Roth IRA for college savings, which I think is a home run for people trying to keep up with tuition costs. Definitely. So there are a lot of 529 plans available. There's advisor, there's direct-based plans. There's some that are available through uh, your your investment broker, whatever it may be. But I think nine times out of 10, it's probably best just to go through your state-based plan. Yeah. Would, would you see any reason to go elsewhere? Well, I just look at the fees and the costs, right? Mm-hmm. Some, some, sometimes now the, the state borders don't matter as much anymore, but yeah. uh, fees and expenses might be the only reason to not use your own state's uh, 529 plan. Definitely. So keep an eye on that. If you're in a state with no state income tax, you can really go anywhere Pick and do whatever choose. you want. Yeah. Yeah. So it's great to have those options. Uh, but- Next is to start thinking about financial aid. So uh, again, it's easy to think about when they're just outside of or just uh, about ready to start college, but you should start thinking about that maybe by your sophomore year of high school, right? Uh, because the, the way the FAFSA works, which sounds really weird to say. What is that? FAFSA. FAFSA. Are you <laughs> swearing here, Cole? <laughs> what is that? Uh, I think, do we get a beep if I do that? How does that work? <laughs> right, um, right. That is the free application for federal student aid. So F-A-F-S-A, FAFSA. And that begins every year, October 1st. So we're coming up on that. So something to be aware of. But the, the way that operates is they look at any income from January 1. So if you're, you're going to start college, right? Uh, they look at any income from January 1 of their sophomore year of high school through December 31st of that same year. So something to be aware of, if there's any adjustments that can be made to income, now's probably the year to do that. Well, and it's one of those exercises you, you should do because it alerts you and makes you more sensitive to what you might be able to do mm-hmm. just by filling out the form. It's like filling out your income tax reform. Uh, you get a sense of what's out there what's left that's deductible and what's taxable and so forth. Same thing with this, what was that form again? That is the FAFSA. FAFSA, okay. Yes, but sir. You should be, if you need to be interactive in all this stuff. Yeah. That's really the big key here. Whatever it is, you're going to go to public school or, or uh, what, 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 what was the other thing we called it soon? Private school? No, the jobs. The vocational. The vocational yeah. schools yeah. or the jobs or private or what. Mm-hmm. No matter what it is, you need to be involved. That was the best thing that happened out of this pandemic was when the parents had to get involved in the school system. And they began to see what was being taught, how it was being taught, whether or not they were agreeable. The, so, the capabilities of the school system. That's right? Exactly. You saw the flaws came out. You bet. You know? yeah. So it's very important you do that here, too, on all this stuff. I mean, this is kind of your your homework going to have to turn off the TV or put down your game, game, whatever that is you use, Cole? Uh, it, it's less handheld anymore. It's oh, more okay. of a, like, like a what PlayStation like, like or a PlayStation. computer game. Yeah, you got so it. So you kick the TV and that's what, okay. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, you, put all that down, <laughs> you put all that down and become involved in this stuff. Apathy is the, wor- is the enemy of any good financial plan. 
Well said. Well said. And that honestly leads to the last point here, right? You want to be interactive. You want to be engaged. Visit the colleges, right? You want to kick the tires, see what's going on, see what maybe your kid will be exposed to, what that life is like, because otherwise you're just kind of <laughs> shipping them off into the darkness. Well, my daughter wasn't so excited that I visited with her. <laughs> that doesn't surprise Cole and I, but but nonetheless, you were being a good parent. Absolutely. I was there and asking some really tough questions, so they didn't like me so much. But I wanted to be sure that she she deserved the best, and I was going to make sure she got it. Love it. Well, we're coming up on our last break here. We'll continue the conversation when we come back. You're listening to Managing the Wealthy on News Radio 610 WTVN. You're listening to Managing to Be Wealthy with fee-only financial planners of Johnny, Sestina, and Company. If you're looking for the latest stock tip or how to time the market, you've come to the wrong place. If you want help navigating all the moving pieces of what makes a financial plan successful, tune in and take notes. Welcome back to Managing to Be Wealthy, your weekly financial planning radio show. This is your host, Cole Hammock. As we come to a close today, we wanted to switch gears a little bit, discuss going to college, and maybe a way that might be more directed toward the, the student rather than the, the parent, just some awareness. Uh, so if you have a child, nephew, niece, grandchild, or just someone in this position that could benefit, have them listen to this last segment. So our podcast is available. I know, Stephen, you uh, addressed Alexa the last time I was on. So yeah. Alexa, play Managing to be Wealthy there you podcast. I <laughs> uh, would be the way to go about it. Um, but as I'm sure most of our listeners are aware, college is, is not cheap, right? It's not cheap. It's not getting any less expensive. In fact, the inflation associated with it is, is more and more each year. So it, it can be staggering for a lot of families. But I know we have options, right? So what are some of those options, Stephen? Well, just addressing the inflation, uh, it would average for a long time about 10% per year for about a 20-year stretch, uh, which is ast- yeah, astronomical. And uh, I can remember early on in my financial planning days, I'd, I'd tell a, a client, your, your kid's college is going to cost you $28,000 a year. Mm. And he, mm-hmm. uh, there is no way college is going to cost $28,000 a year. <laughs> now, and, and here we are. Right? And, and, and then the day came, he goes, I remember when you said college was going to cost $28,000 a year. And you were right. So unfortunately, we were right because it's, yeah. it's becoming a huge burden on families. Absolutely. Well, it so, is. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. It's that inflation is unreasonable. I mean, what has caused that inflation is the government being part of the process. Right. And so the universities are building all these buildings. Where's that money going? It's not going into better classes or whatever. It's going into more structures, more benefits for the administrators and so on and so forth. That's this is another area parents need to begin to, uh, I don't know, stand up. Yeah. You're absolutely right. I recall being charged to use the RPAC when I went to OSU. I might have used it twice. What is the RPAC? Yes, what is the that's, RPAC? Their, that's their fancy gym. See, he, okay. he, he uses all gym. these acronyms without telling us. Right. Like that, uh, I, I, that IRS word, right, he used earlier. So <laughs> yeah, that, what's that, 529? So, so, yeah, no, but that's that's a good point, right? The bells and whistles is where and there was yeah. a lot of dollars going into the schools easily right too many dollars chasing too few goods because it became an arms race for bells and whistles that these universities used to sell their school to the to the applicants yeah and and that drove up the cost definitely and i mean just the 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 books alone to me i think is ridiculous they're outrageous yeah 
and there's the 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 additions that the 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 teacher puts together right beforehand. It's one or two words removed from the last edition, but right. you have to buy you that. Got to buy one. the new edition. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I couldn't believe what the kids were paying for textbooks for my class. Yeah. So I tried not to get a new textbook each time. It was yeah. terrible. Yeah. Uh, share share the textbook. Yeah. <laughs> but we're looking at average. You know, for private colleges, it's over fifty thousand dollars now. Um, public colleges in state about twenty seven thousand, and then out of state about forty three thousand. So, you know, it, it's it's a price tag, heavy price tag. Absolutely. So what does that price tag include? Good question. I'm not exactly sure it includes housing, but I think it does. But that's mm-hmm. part of it, right? Some of the universities mandate you live on campus. How ironic! Yeah, what, right. right? <laughs> it's the machine. Yeah, I think right. uh, OSU, going back to that, I think the first two years now, I think freshmen and uh, sophomores need to live on campus. So to that point, a consideration, how can we save money? Maybe go to a branch campus your yep. first few years or community college. There's nothing at all in the world wrong with that. Exactly. No yep. My first two years were OSU Newark. Uh, I think the tuition was maybe a quarter, if that, of main campus, and I got to live at home for it. Right, but it was palatable. You could manage Absolutely. the cost, manage the finance, uh, get you your head start, so mm-hmm. you're not burdened with debt coming yeah. out of college four years. That's that to me is 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 coming out of college and you have a hundred plus thousand dollars of debt at twenty two no years old. I mean, give me a break. Yeah, it makes no sense. Yeah. I, when I went, I didn't have any money, <clears throat> so I had to borrow money at the school. There's something, some kind of program out there that was popular back then. And uh, so I had to work. So I worked a 40-hour work week as well as go to school and carry, I think, 18 hours. So I had to work. And there was time I had to take off and work to get some money, so especially during the summers. So that's also some, a pattern. The child has to be involved in this. The child wants to go to school. First of all, they better pick a profession or a job they want that's going to be meaningful and it's going to be uh, profitable to them. So figure out if you can pay back the debt you're accruing. And so look for that and then uh, go to the go to work and earn enough to pay for that. What did you say it was for private? Oh, 57? Yeah, about 57. 50, yeah. So yeah. make sure you make enough money, $57,000. And when you do, you can go to school the next year. I, so I like the – Set a goal. Yeah. I like the point you made, John. You should go in with that plan, right? Mm-hmm. You should know what it is you want to do, what it is you're passionate about. Uh, but what I think is interesting, I think everyone in this room, we've changed course. Right. Right? So, John, I, I don't think you majored in financial planning. That probably wasn't even a thing back then. No, I started out to be a missionary priest. So I was in a seminary. Then I went to be a public high school teacher. Yeah. And so I loved that. I loved teaching. And then eventually I stumbled into financial planning. Well, I'm grateful you did. Yeah. But that to your to counter your point though, John, that's the problem is you know young people just don't know. You think you know what you want to be when you grow up, mm-hmm. but that that takes experience. It takes it takes a years of experience to learn even what you don't want to do before you know what you want to do. Yeah, um, and that's part of the challenge, right? You come out with huge debt, and you think you know what you want to do, but then it doesn't come through, right? Yeah. And that's that's the problem. It's the craziest thing in the world to walk up to a eighteen year old and say, "What do you want to be when you grow up?" I mean, I'm 80, and I still don't know what I want to be. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, mine was an accountant. Okay. Uh, that's what I thought I wanted to be. Well, that's why you're so quiet. 
Uh, yes. Yeah. Very, very introverted. I'm glad you chose financial planning. Yeah, I thank too. you. I, yeah. I appreciate that. It just, once I had to get into the debit and credit aspect of accounting, right. I just, yeah. my, my brain shut down, turned to mush. Yeah. It's not for me. No. Left column, right column, all that sort of stuff. <laughs> uh, but I, if we do go this route, because again, it, it's, it's staggering, we have options to fund it, right? There's the 529, that's the college savings plan, which can be used for K through 12 that I brought up before. No, what is it? You didn't talk. You didn't. You mentioned uh, it, but you didn't say what it was. Stephen got into that one a little bit, but essentially, that's the saving on a, a tax deferred basis for K through twelve, up to ten thousand dollars per year, or college expenses. And the distributions, if used for qualified educational expenses, are tax free. If you use them for college, it, well, yeah, expenses, right? Yeah. So that there are. But what if you options. die and you don't collect them? What happens to your account now? Well, that, that's the great thing about that 529 plan is you can do just about anything with it. So you can change the beneficiaries. If you want to take a distribution for you, you absolutely can. You pay penalties and taxes on any of the gains in the account, but you have flexibility with that. Wait, how do, what am I going to take t- uh, distributions for me? Well, if you want to go on a trip, John, or uh, buy a fancy new cane, whatever I you want. I was going to, you know, educate my kid. <laughs> Well, if the the kid's no longer here, or maybe the kid's yeah, not going to college, yeah, yeah, get a full scholarship. You oh, get to keep those options her, open. Give it to her brother. There you go. You can do that too. Uh, right. Allison's brother. Yeah. So you can you can tra- transfer beneficiaries. Yeah, you can. Absolutely, yeah. it's good. You stuff. can name yourself as beneficiary. Oh yeah, yeah. Or save it for grandkids. Yeah, it could become your uh, another IRA. Mm-hmm. Basically. That's what Cole was getting at. So you can spend it on yourself. Yes. Yeah. So it's a, a home run because it's flexible, right? It's a good program. Yes. Yeah. So there, there's that. There, there's scholarships and grants. So it's never too early to start applying or looking into what options are available for you. So That's what school counselors are good for. Seriously. That's great. Yeah. Yes. They should have all those options yeah. for you looking for scholarships, grants, financial services uh, to help reduce tuition costs. Yeah. Because alternatively, you're just kind of waiting in a sea of a, a vast sea of confusing options. You bet. So having someone help get you in that right direction really does make a difference. But we are wrapping up today's show. I wanted to thank our listeners for tuning in and listening to Managing to Be Wealthy. We'll be back next week with other fun topics in the world of financial planning. You've been listening to Managing to Be Wealthy on News Radio 610 WTVN.